Julie at Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 269 of Dogcast Radio, which is all about working dogs, though the roles they take on are very different. Later, I'll be talking to world champion dog dancer Elke Boxoon. Dad also in my childhood make a big point for me to work with animals, not by forcing him or telling him I am the strongest, you got to listen to me. Now to go in that same, that equally flow, you have mm. to feel that yeah. uh, energy. That is wahala, <laughs> yeah. the heaven on earth. With Remembrance Day or Veterans Day next month, it seems a fitting time to remember the role of working dogs, many of whom work in life-threatening conflicts and situations. But what happens to those dogs when their role is completed? This interview mentions some of the possible harsher realities of a working dog's life. To find out more about which, I talked to Bob Bryant, co-founder of Mission Canine Rescue. Hi, Bob. Really? Pleasure to be on your show, and thank you very much for offering us this opportunity. Lovely to have you. So, tell me about Mission Canine Rescue. What do you do? Mission Canine Rescue is an organization based out of Houston, Texas. We serve working dogs of all types all around the world. Uh, We've rescued working dogs from places like Afghanistan, Turkey, um, Northern Africa, Iran, Iraq, uh, all of the hot countries over there, and even some in the United States. Uh, We work with both uh, dogs that are owned by the United States military and contract working dogs that are owned by private contractors. What we do is we rescue them. We will rehabilitate any dog that needs any sort of uh, correction. We will rehome them. Uh, We will repair any of them that have any sort of veterinary needs and uh, we also reunite them with their handlers. We've reunited over 642 military working dogs with handlers that they served with here in the United States. Wow. Wow, that must be amazing because you would, well, I would assume that when they've worked with somebody that long, they get to retire with them and enjoy a good retirement with them. And, and I would guess that the person wants that, the dog wants that. Does that automatically happen? No, here's why. Uh, First of all, just a little tidbit of knowledge about how the U.S. military and their dog handlers work. A military working dog can have up to five handlers during the dog's service. And normally it's the last handler that will adopt the dog. But in some cases, maybe this is a bike trained patrol dog and, you know, very aggressive. And the handler has small children. Well, that won't work. So they will pass that. The, the military decides, but they will pass it to another handler, and then many times they'll make arrangements to visit the dog. Uh, the problem has not so much been that the military will give them back. It's up until recently, the military was not at all assisting in the funding of transports when the dogs were retired overseas. They would expect a dog handler to pay the trip home from uh, with a dog from Afghanistan, and that's about $6,000 a pop. Wow. That's a lot, isn't you know, it? Yeah. It's a chunk of change. Uh, no, no corporals or privates have that kind of money no. just laying around. They honestly yeah. don't. Yeah. And so through the help of people that support our work, 
we're very well funded to help arrange these reunions and it's always a joy to put the dog and the handler back together. You can see a spark in both their eyes. It's really a neat thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean when I imagine they've gone through a lot of stress together and you know, high high stress situations oh, yeah. and, and what you know, and th- this bond between them must be amazing. It is. It's uh, it has to be seen to be understood. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> so I I mean Obviously, you think this as well, but I think that these dogs deserve a good retirement because basically we couldn't live our lives without them, could we? Not not in safety and, and peace, could we? No, we couldn't. In fact, uh, not only do I think they deserve a good retirement, I think that the militaries that they served for, whether it be the UK or the United States, Australia, you know, whoever, that those dogs receive veterinary care for life when they retire. I mean, they give, they've given their lives in service to their country. We provide our military men and women with veterans benefits. They're veterans too. But unfortunately, our respective armies and navies still categorize them as equipment rather than soldier assets. That's why when they retire, you can't just put them on a military plane and send them home because they're no longer a military asset. We have received some some help from the military recently in that they sent three dogs home with some troops uh, from Japan, saving us a good bit of money. But then we still have transportation here in the United States to get them where they're going to go to meet up with their handlers. So it's a wash, but we're happy to receive any kind of help from them we can get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything to get these dogs back. Well, so when you bring the dogs back or when the dogs are brought back to you, or, I mean, usually you've brought them back. Now, that is uh, a dog that may be high drive, that has been used to working, you know, um, and enjoyed working. And as you say, sometimes they're bike trained or whatever the dog, the, the job is. So it's not just a case of find somebody that will love them, is it? It's, it's sometimes you do have to teach them, teach them to relax, I imagine. How do you go about that? You don't. Okay. (laughs) You don't don't teach them to relax. In fact, um, a bored working dog will eat your couch. Uh, It's I've seen it multiple times. What we will do is we will determine which of the dogs that we intake that that will go for adoption. Now, the military dogs that we bring back to the handlers, we're just an we're an intermediary. We're just a handoff. You know, we give the dogs to the handlers because the military dogs have received excellent care throughout their service. It's the contract working dogs that often get the short end of the stick and don't get the vet care they need. They don't get the best food. And they're often traumatized more due to their work environment. In some cases, they've been beaten by foreign handlers. Uh, I had an old dog. It was a Belgian Malinois. His name was Anubis. And Anubis had been abused by his male Kuwaiti handler. And if a dog doesn't release his toy after he's been given it as a reward, he won't work anymore. So the only you generally can just say out and the dog will drop the ball. Anubis is like, no, I won't drop the ball. So the handler would either choke him out or beat him. And he was he was terrified uh, when he came to the United States. And were it not for the good graces of my wife that took him in, he bonded with her like a tick and uh, would literally we had to get a, a mannequin that we dressed with her clothing and would set it on the couch and put a blanket on it 
to where that big goofus would think it was her when she would leave so she could get out away from him. Otherwise, he would drive me crazy when she wasn't there. So no, you never get you never get the drive out of a dog when they're when they're older and they're slower. And of course, uh, when they're neutered, and we do neuter male dogs just because it does help calm some of the drive down and actually seems to help avoid some medical problems down down the road, especially prostatitis. Um, uh, we find they calm down a little bit, but having a seven year old. Uh, German Shepherd that was a police canine in Canada who has bite training and drug training. I have to keep my head on the swivel with him anytime I'm out in public because he will get anybody that comes close to me. And uh, he still regularly finds me all sorts of nifty illegal controlled substances, which we might come across in parks. For him. <laughs> for him. <laughs> oh, bless him. I mean, say that. What we've talked about some of the jobs, but what kind of jobs do these dogs do? Okay, uh, with the military, you'll find uh, military working dogs. They're either what you refer to in the UK as sniffer dogs. Mm -hmm. They're looking for explosives or drug dogs, uh, which are looking for you know narcotics, you know wherever they may be. Generally, uh, patrol dogs are cross trained in either explosives or drug detection, but they're also trained to attack. Yeah. That was the situation with the dogs that came in when they went after um, Osama bin Laden. Uh, there was some, you know, some attack dogs involved in that. Uh, here, in the, uh, here in the contract working dog world, I say world, worldwide, uh, the dogs will be trained for search and rescue many times. They'll be trained for interesting things like citrus pest detection. These dogs will run in orchards and they will sit in front of a diseased tree and the orchardman can remove the diseased tree instead of having insects kill the entire orchard. Wow. Um, yeah, some interesting, we, we, call them, uh, we call them fruit dogs. Uh, one named Oliver lives with a lady in Colorado Springs. He's very cool. I got the opportunity to visit there. Uh, lemon grove that they checked, which is not too far from me here. Uh, we also have uh, dogs that do some nasty jobs of bed bug detection, <laughs> cadaver searches, yeah, uh, lots of things like that. Actually, one of the most. Uh, what do you think is the smallest working dog there is? Oh, oh, I'm going to say actually, I'm going to go for something fairly small. I would actually go for. A chihuahua, because I'm thinking if you're looking for maybe mines, a chihuahua might be able to walk and not trigger explosions. Maybe. I don't know. Actually, you're in the right ballpark. A chihuahua is not the correct answer. However, I will tell you that there is a nonprofit. I can't think of their name this moment. They are clearing landmines with trained rats. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Search for search for rats used to clear landmines. It's the coolest nonprofit. They're clearing these nasty cluster munitions and mines that these idiots that have to kill everybody leave behind in various countries, and it's a good thing. Now, the answer to the question is it's a Jack Russell Terrier. So you see, you were close. Chihuahua's not really the working dog class. They're more in the, if you get close to me, I'll growl and threaten to bite you class. Uh, one at my, uh, one came to our gym the other day. I reached down to pet him and he's like, ah, like, okay, I'll touch you. And the guy had him just laughed at me. What did you say? 
did you say to him, Bob? What did you say to upset him? <laughs> I didn't say anything. I may have beat up his father more than once. I can't say, I can't either. And I trained jujitsu. I've been doing it for 14 years and I'm still yeah. very active. Uh, I may or may not have choked his father unconscious. I won't <laughs> go into that. But regardless of Jack Russell, uh, what, what, what do you think that Jack Russell searches? Oh. I'll tell you, he searches inside something. Oh, inside something. Oh, oh, is it pipes? Well, you're kind of warm. <laughs> you're a little warm. Yeah. Pipes like and it. what, though? Pipes and nooks and crannies and what? Ah. Maybe oh, access I, to hatches. I don't know, ships, big ships. 20,000 leagues under the sea. Submarines. Bing. <laughs> That's correct. I had to yeah, have yelled. Yeah. Wow, yeah. They search drugs and explosives. They're looking for dr sailors that have things they don't need and bombs, obviously. Yeah. But uh, that's one of the smallest ones we've seen. And also, here's your question number two. Why does airport security around the world tend to use dogs like Springer Spaniels and Labrador Retrievers over German Shepherds and Belgian Malinois when they have the same uh, effectiveness? Okay. Okay, there's maybe two answers to this. One might be that I ha once had a police handler say to me, this was years and years and years ago, maybe out of date now, but he said, well, a Labrador will work the door all night, but the German shepherd after 20 minutes will go, oh, you want the ball, you look for it yourself. Maybe that. Or is it, <laughs> that's what he said, or is it that the public will accept, you know, if, if a Labrador comes up to you, you're less, you're, you're going to let them sniff you and check you out. Whereas if it's a, you know, a sharper looking, oh, what about that? If it's a sharper what it looking is, dog, it's yeah. the pointy ears versus floppy ears. Yeah. The public is scared of pointy-eared dogs. Oh. If a Belgian Malinois came up to most people at the airport, it would literally freak them out. Yeah. But the Labrador Retrievers, Springer Spaniels, German Short-Haired Pointers, nah, they're just big babies. Oh, and I know, I know all the commands the handlers use at the airports, and I use them, and I make the handlers mad when they're not looking. So, <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll say nothing else. <laughs> say nothing else about that. Yes, and I have yeah. a good time being. Oh yeah, I like you. You're naughty, but I like you. <laughs> can I can I tell your listeners about the uh, uh, organization in your backyard? Absolutely, go for it, Bob. Yes, all you Brits and people close to the British Isles, I want you to look at Hero Paws. That's HeroPaws.org.uk. They are born and bred Brits that are former. Uh, Army dog handlers, there are four of them, and they are working in uh, the UK to set up a sanctuary to do the exact same thing that Mission Canine Rescue does, which is help these dogs go from Army life or police canine life or whatever they're doing to loving homes. They, they do the exact same work we do. They just don't have the notoriety. They haven't been found. And I'm just going to say this, and this is unusual for a nonprofit organization, but if you were tempted, any of your viewers, to give to Mission Canine, we'd love that. But I'd really rather you give that gift to Hero Paws because they need it there, and you can support them in your country, and they would be honored to have more people to, to work with. So I'll leave it at that, but that's heropaws.org.uk. Great, great organization. We've taken some uh, British Army dogs from them in the past, and uh, I can tell you that they walk the walk and they don't waste money. 
Oh, excellent. Excellent. We will put the link in and um, Thank I'll, you. I'll see if they want to come and talk to me another time. That's that's super. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, talk talk to Sam. Would be Sam would be good to talk to you there. Uh, they also have uh, Hero Paws. Let's see. It's uh, hang on a second. Let me see what their Facebook page is. I had it right here. It's Hero Paws Dash Life After Service on okay. Facebook. Hero Paws Life After Service. All right. Excellent. Now I'll shut up and we can get back to the business. <laughs> Don't shut up. Keep talking. <laughs> but I talk too much. <laughs> no such thing. It's good communication skills. It's not talking too much. It's just good communication skills. That's all it is. <laughs> it's, it's Very useful. well. <laughs> useful for a podcast. I never shut up either. It's fine. Um, okay. So the kind of dogs we're talking about, sort of, they're going to be high drive, high, high energy, maybe, you know, uh, uh, high energy. Definitely. Think, yeah. Okay. So what, what kind of people are you looking to take them on to adopt them? High drive dogs need to go. Now, I'll retract one thing. We occasionally get some very chilled out Labrador retrievers. I own one. He loved everybody. Everybody loved him. Oh. But most of what we see now are Belgian Malinois and German Shepherds, oops, German Shepherds as a close second. These dogs, in general, are not dog-friendly. They're not the dog you want to take to the dog park. They're not the dog you want to let the neighbor's kid run up and pet. Uh, they're not a dog that you want to try to take their toy from. It won't turn out well for you until they know you very, very well. That said, uh, as far as adopters go, we need adopters that can be physically in control of a large, high-drive dog. I'm not going to adopt a seven-year-old, 103-pound canine Navy to Miss Fitzsimmons, who weighs 105 pounds. It's just not going to work out. I'm also not going to adopt canine Navy into a home with a bunch of other dogs. So, unfortunately, the people that want to adopt the most tend to be, uh, let's just gently call them collectors. Uh, they tend to want to have a lot of animals, and they have their reasons for it, but uh, in general, these dogs should be the only dog, or if uh, they are, we'll, we we know their compatibility. And for instance, my I'm talking about my dog Navy. He's a 103 pound, 70 uh, seven year old knothead. Um, I know his nature. I know what he can do and what he can't do. I think he would get along with a female German Shepherd, but I don't know that I want to risk it. Had he been in our facility and I didn't pick him up directly from the department, he would have been tested with all that. So uh, we're looking for homes that don't have small children. We generally don't adopt families with kids under 12. Uh, and the main thing is they need to be able to afford the cost of care. Yeah. Or a senior dog. Too many times up here, oh, boy, I'm sorry, we just can't do that for you. You know, and the dog suffers. Not on yeah. my watch. Yeah. If you can't afford it, don't adopt the dog. It's part of, it's part of the package. We also... We don't require them to be fed mega wealthy, cost you out whole paycheck food, but we don't want you feeding them garbage that you get at Walmart. Yeah. You know, a good a good uh, diet to keep the dogs healthy. Yeah. In fact, did you know if you underfeed a dog a little bit, they'll generally live 18 to 24 months longer? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm... I didn't know that. Try to convince my wife that who keeps wanting to give fat boy snacks. Yeah, yeah. 
See, I can do it for our dogs. I can't do it for myself. That's the trouble I've got. So you mentioned some breeds, but um, I don't know how to say his name, but your Norwegian Elkhand, is it Ares? Ars? How's, what's his, his name? The Norwegian Elkhand. Ares. Ares, right. Okay. He was a contract working dog. I know very, I'll be very candid with you. I know very little about him since I'm somewhat separated from our intake facility. But yes, we see we see some unusual working dogs. The most common working dogs we deal with are, I've already mentioned Belgian Malinois, yeah. uh, German Shepherds, uh, Czech Shepherds, Dutch Shepherds, Belgian Cheruvians, which are a kind of a curly-haired uh, Malinois. We'll yeah. see some German short-haired Pointers, uh, some Springer Spaniels, and some both English and American Labs. The English Labs are the best. They have the big bucket heads. They're the big yeah. goofy labs for the american labs are a little bit sleeker and and thinner uh, that's a that's about the gamut of the breeds that we see no that one uh aries that's an interesting one i've not met him in fact i need to check that out because you just basically stumped the stumped the band on that one i'm not familiar with him okay i will look at well he says he was a, an explosives detection dog in afghanistan yeah edd okay. yes yeah. oh 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 our afghani dogs yes we just brought six back. Uh, the, of course, uh, the United States like to say that we didn't leave any dogs behind. Well, they didn't leave any military dogs behind, but they left a bunch of contract working dogs behind. And, of course, the Taliban, being as resourceful as they can, took those dogs and used them for their own purposes. And now that the dogs are older and their work drive is lowered, they are a liability to them. However, through the graciousness of a lady in country over there who's befriended them, they don't take them out and shoot them. They give them to her. And then we work with her to get them to, to the United States. And we just brought six of them uh, back uh, just this last week. I believe Monday uh, last week we brought them. In fact, on my our page, Mission Canine on Facebook, you can hear me babbling about them. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Um, because I mean, you have a saying that about you. You babble about them, but you have a five-point mission, don't you? Um, yes, we do. So, so tell us, tell us about sort of the, the whole ethos that you have. Our goal as our organization is to rescue any working dog that serve mankind in some capacity, no matter where it is. We will rescue that dog. We've rescued dogs out of horrific situations. Uh, we've gotten dogs back from Afghanistan that weigh 35 pounds and should weigh 70 because a contract working dog company just shuttered the dog in a kennel and quit feeding it when its usefulness was after his handler was shot and killed. Um, we reunite as many working dogs as we can with handlers that they've served with so they can have a continuity of life with somebody they know. Yeah. Um, we will rehome any working dog that no longer is a, is suitable for where it is currently located. We will find the best home for it. Uh, we will repair any dog that has injuries or requires medical attention, and then we will uh, rescue. Re <laughs> I think that's it: rescue, reunite, rehabilitate, and rehome. Yeah. Oh, re uh, re repair? Did we say that one? Yeah, we'll fix them. Medical, yeah, okay. anything they. Need. They get all the medical care they need before yeah. they're adopted. Yeah, yeah. Basically, all they need, you will meet. Yeah. yeah. I did that without reading off the script. I almost spit it out perfectly. <laughs> I've been talking about it for 10 years. I should remember it. 
By the way, in 10 years, we've rescued over 1,200 dogs worldwide. And 640 or so were reunited with their former handlers. And we've touched thousands more with vet care. We spend, we spend over a million dollars on veterinary care wow. since we since were established. Yeah, yeah. What, what motivated you? Why did you start, Bob? Well, quite frankly, my motivation was financial at the get-go. Why, you ask? My main job, I work in merchant services. I provide credit card processing for merchants to take, you know, their customers' credit cards. And I I wanted to find a nonprofit organization that I thought was doing a good job who would present an offer to their fans. And if their fans took took, took them up on it, I would share in the monthly residual income these accounts generate. I found the predecessor of Mission Canine Rescue, who was operated by my two partners and then an executive director, uh, who liked what I had to say. We started doing it; it worked well. And then I said, "Hey, we need to ex- uh, we we need to advertise to spend uh, you need to spend some money. I can get you more people." And the executive director said, "No way! I'm not going to spend a dime to advertise." And four months later, she ran out of money and had to get a real job. My partners, Kristen Maurer and Louisa Castor, reached out to me, asked me if I would co-found Mission Canine with them. I'd seen the work that they'd done with the military dogs and said, absolutely, yes. I didn't even have to think about it. That was 10 years ago. Uh, we've gone from a basically hand-to-mouth organization to uh, $1.7 million a year worth of work. But even at that amount of, of revenue from donations, we still have our nose just above the water yeah. because we're constantly asked to do more and more. And that's the problem. We have to know when to say no because we don't want to turn into an organization whose dogs are neglected. There's been two organizations in the United States in the past two months that have been cited for neglect that preach on Facebook about, oh, we're great, dogs love us, and yet the dogs are living in crates in their own feces. It's squalid, it's horrible, and it's no life for a working dog. Yeah. So we're not that rescue. We will never be that rescue. Yeah, yeah. People aren't aware, I don't think, that, you know, they think rescue is rescue and they're all good and lovely and, and most of them are. But you do still have to be careful. You have to be wary, don't you? Do your research and make sure you're going to a reputable research, uh, reputable rescue. The problem is it's hard to know how the dogs live if you haven't been to the rescue. They will show you their best photographs. But when the county comes calling, they're not looking at your best photographs. They're looking at the here and now of the reality on the ground. A Belgian Malinois rescue in the United States was recently shut down. And how this happens, these the, the owners, and I'm not saying that this is the, they that they are this way, but in my knowledge, there's some mental instability because you can only care for a certain amount of animals in your care. And after that, you have no life, you have no time, and the dogs always suffer. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the dog should be at the heart of what you're doing, shouldn't they? Saying that, Agreed. Can, you, can you tell me about a dog who stands out in your memory or maybe you've rescued or you, you, you know, just remember their story for whatever reason? Well, I'll, I'll tell you about my own dog. I'll tell okay. you about a military working dog, Oreo. His serial number was Lima 514. He served in Operation Enduring Freedom during the Iraqi troop drawdown back in 2007, 2008. He was left by his handler uh, 
over the weekend with no water in plus 100 degrees heat. Wow. He had to he had to have uh, a part of his uh, intestines removed. He was sent to the United States. He was adopted out of a military working dog program here, given to a person in the Texas area, who then basically left him outside and decided one day he wanted to dump him. Oh. Uh, my co-founder, Kristen, found out about it, and she called me up and she said, you wanted a military working dog, didn't you? I said, well, she said, I've got one for you. Oreo was the best dog in the world. He was a huge English Labrador buckethead retriever. He had a passion for finding tennis and lacrosse balls. He could find them buried a foot deep in, in grass, and he would find them one after another as long as I'd ask him to search. He found over 500 in the five years I was lucky enough to have him in my yeah. care. Oh. And he was sharp. He could still, he would still alert on uh, different things. He'd alert on, we'd find old firecrackers. He would alert on them. He was a bomb dog. Yeah. So he was a great example of what a military working dog can be and should be. He was an athlete uh, till the very end. Unfortunately, we see with a lot of the bomb dogs, he was a victim of a particular type of cancer. And it seems like all of the bomb dogs, due to the uh, chemicals they're exposed to, get some sort of cancer in the end. Oh, that's sad. But it, he had a wonderful life with you, didn't he? Had a, yes, he, had he did. Retirement. Yeah. He was great. He was an ambassador. He made thousands of people happy and aware of military working dogs everywhere. Brilliant. Brilliant. And as you say, a Labrador is perfect for that because you never, they never, well, I had a Labrador that never seemed to get fed up with meeting people. It was just like, can we meet some more people? Oh, Train, training could take or leave it. But I loved people, it. Yeah. Yeah. That and looking for snacks. <laughs> Yes, I can identify. Yeah, I like meeting. He looked at me. He looked at me like, "Do you have a biscuit for me?" I'm like, "No, I don't have a biscuit for you. Go away." <laughs> oh bless! It's, I'm so glad that there, there are people like you who care for dogs, in who need care. You know, who need this retirement provided for them. Who need this this new life and or or you know being reunited with their handler. It's brilliant. I think, and I. That's how the world turns. If we all do what we, uh, what motivates us, what, what cries out to us to be done, I think that's how the world turns. And it's brilliant. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like people to know about ex-working dogs or the work you do? Or there are a lot more dogs out now that need help that can receive help. We need more people to do what we do different places. Yeah, uh, it would be great for the UK to support the Hero Paws organization that I mentioned because that's right in your backyard. I'd love to see more working dog rescues established in Canada, established in some of the countries these dogs work in, like Turkey, Jordan, what have you, because unfortunately dogs still do slip through the crack and we can't save them all. But we try to save as many as we possibly can, and we know that the reputable organizations do too. Also beware of organizations that claim to do the work but whose money goes toward things like sending letters to dead old ladies to give to their organization in the hopes of receiving bigger marketing dollars. If you were to give me $20,000 to save some dogs, and I spent that to send a direct mail to get more money, I don't think it would please you. It yeah. doesn't please us either, and we don't play those games. A lot of organizations do, and what you have to do is look at their United States or their UK tax form, and it will show you exactly where your money goes. Yeah, yeah, 
Absolutely. That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> do your research every time, whether it's whether you're buying or rescuing or supporting, do your research every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Where can people find out more about Mission Canine Rescue online? Mission Canine Rescue is on Facebook under Mission K9, also on Twitter or X or whatever the heck they call it these days. <laughs> Haven't done anything there in forever. And Mission K9 on Instagram. And our website is Mission K9 Rescue.org. Excellent. Well, listen, the best of luck. I hope you keep rescuing many, many more dogs. And thank you ever so much. We're going to do that. And thank you again, Julie. I appreciate your time today. Have a great day. I've never had an interviewee turn the tables on me like that and throw questions at me. But I have to say, I enjoyed it. Thank goodness that the dogs who spend their lives ensuring our safety have people like Bob to ensure they get the retirement they deserve. And thanks to Bob for giving us that insight into his work. We have all the links Bob mentioned at dogcastradio.com. You're listening to Dogcast Radio on www dogcastradio.com It's no secret that I love dog dancing. When I saw a routine called Once Upon a Time and watched Elke Boxoon and her dog, Jessie, weaving their magic, I immediately contacted Elke and asked her to talk to me. Luckily, she agreed. And I hope you find it as fascinating as I do to hear about Elke's approach to living and working with her dogs. You're not just good at doggy dancing are you 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 and jesse are world champions at dog dancing wow congratulations thank you so much thank you yes he's an awesome dog i'm so yes. blessed with him yeah he, he is amazing he's amazing okay so take me back to the beginning first of all how did you first get into dog dancing and can you remember when you first saw it because i can remember i've seen dog dancing and kind of thought yeah, I'd like to have a go at that. And it's, I imagine, I mean, I've had a small go, nothing like, nothing like yours, but <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that you go, oh, that must feel wonderful. So can you remember the first time you saw it? Yeah, I got, um, I think I got three points that uh, in history goes on the same time. Uh, I'll like, pass my life on the same time. Uh, the first, um, was, uh, on YouTube, uh, Dina Humphrey, uh, from Crafts. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. I think everybody in history knows Tina Humphrey. Yeah. Um, so she inspired me a lot. Uh, the way she handled it, always smiling. The dog was very open. Yeah. Uh, her moves were sometimes very technical moves, uh, in that time also. So uh, she was a big inspiration for me. Um, and on the other hand, we got demonstration on a big dog event. And then I saw the first time, it was in Belgium. I saw for the first time uh, Linda de Smet. Uh, she was famous in, in that time in, uh, in Belgium. And also she did some uh, international competition. And then I saw her for the first time and I thought, wow. I did also a little bit of tricks with my youngest dog, with my border collie Gizmo. Um, but then I saw how you can build that chain and make it on music and let it uh, go with the flow. And yeah, that's two, uh, two girls or women in my life inspire me a lot to do, uh, dog dance. But I always, uh, I have also in my childhood, I worked mm -hmm. with horses. Yeah. And uh, I was very inspired by a man 
that worked with, uh, I thought it was Seven Stallions and Liberty. So it was wow. uh, an arena and uh, all the, um, the stallions were free. And he was just in the middle and he talked to him. They communicate with him and the ones going up or they going around and everything was like wifi. <laughs> yeah, wow. And in that moment, I was so inspired and I really tried that also on the farm with my own uh, little horses and my Shetland pony. Yeah. I thought if I think about it, it's really, really cute. Um, so that also in my childhood make a big uh, point for me to work with animals, not by forcing him or telling him I am the strongest, you got to listen to me. Now to go in that same, that equally flow i don't know how you have to explain it you have mm. to feel that yeah. uh, energy yeah and be a team with your dog and it's a it's a partnership isn't it or your horse um but it's you're working together and that is an amazing feeling isn't it yeah yeah that is wahala <laughs> yeah. the heaven on earth yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it sounds like there were always animals in your life but were there always dogs in your life yeah from the yeah. beginning Mm-hmm. I grew up with always a dog by my side. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of animals, of course, and also nature. Uh, yeah. Now everything, the nature is also so smalling down. Uh, but when I was young, I lived in the nature. I saw nature, uh, the spring and the animals and the little fish. I could watch them for hours. I was yeah. so uh, inspired by nature. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really good influence on, on a youngster. Um, I remember um, going to the Pets and People show, um, I think it was at Stonely, and there'd just been a, a, a dog dancing duo on um, on uh, Britain's Got a Talent. And all the kids were out trying to either dance with the dog or or teach them tricks or, you know, anything. And it just was such a positive influence and I think just being out getting outside with your dog or with your horse if you're lucky enough or you know being in nature yeah it's it's just weird I mean I'm not someone that sort of goes oh you shouldn't be on your phone but it's good to have a balance isn't it It, I I really think that's a good a force for good absolutely absolutely it's a sort of meditation if I'm not walking with my dogs also it's everything is uh, uh, for a moment just uh, away you're in the moment yeah. yeah, and it's really good also if I'm training with my dogs or I communicate with my dogs, I really try to be present in this moment. Yeah, yeah. So um, you mentioned Gizmo. Yeah. Did you, when you, because obviously Jesse is just amazing. He's incredible. To watch him work with you is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a wonderful partnership with him. But he, he, you can just see he's amazing. So when you got Jesse, did you intend to dance with him? Hmm. That's a good question. Yes, yes, I am mentioned that. Um, but like I do with all my dogs, uh, I really teach them a really large basic. So, uh, for example, with my youngest now, he uh, can do detection, uh, nose work. He wow. knows uh, four or five cents now uh, that he can do. Uh, he doing hoopers. I don't know if you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he is really intermediate level also. Um, mm. freestyle to music. He's intermediate level. He'll work to music, intermediate level. Um, and obedience. And that's the, just the beginner's level. There yeah. we going, uh, 
<laughs> wow. But <laughs> that I will stop because it's too much. The action I stopped for one year now. Um, now I have not one competition in obedience and I will stop afterwards to really get focused on my new healer to music, uh, advanced. So it's the yeah. first time we're going to, uh, the big one. So now I know where his talent is. Um, and then I let all, yeah, but I don't have much time and he needs to rest also. Yeah. So I really have to discriminate, uh, in the sport. He is at his best. Yeah. And I did that also with Jesse. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting that you say he needs to rest because he's a Belgian Malinois. Yeah. Yes. A and... little Ferrari or a big Ferrari. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But normally the challenge for owners is to occupy that dog, to entertain that dog. Um, the, you know, they're, they're high, high drive, aren't they? The high energy dogs. But I mean, that's really interesting that you say, and I need to give him some time to rest. <laughs> These Belgian Malinois. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I, I really, it took me a long time to really find his balance. Mm. So, um, like I said also, he's the opposite of my Jesse. Uh, my Jesse is also a very sweet boy. Uh, so he's really easy to handle. Mm. Um, but also the danger in the working breeds is that we directly, if we get the puppy, we overstimulate them. Um, here in Belgium, if you got a puppy and you uh, search on Mr. Google, uh, then you can find lists, a uh, list of you have to go to the train, to the market, to a store, to a day, to that. So some people take that very seriously and go to, to uh, large places with a lot of stimuli. And then the dangerous part is that the dog don't feel secure with that person and you get an unsafe attachment in yeah. the relationship. Um, so I really do the opposites. I really start with, okay, can you handle the space we're in? Now I'm in my office. Can you handle here? Can you find your rest uh, with me? Uh, he, now there are two of them with me. Um, but I really have to... Uh, respect the daily rhythm also mm -hmm. so now they have to rest i did a little bit fitness uh in front of this interview uh they got this breakfast they go out the basic needed is done eh? so that's my responsibility uh responsibility as a handler they have to get that every day again and again <laughs> yes so that's the, the discipline you have to have as an owner but also respect they need to rest uh, minimum uh, 15 hours a day. Minimum. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a basic need of a dog. A dog is not like us. He don't have the same rhythm as us human. A horse also. It sleeps mm -hmm. a lot and eats a lot of grass. A dog does not have to eat that much or they get problem also physically. Yeah, yeah. So I really adapt on that. And in the beginning, he was also a Corona puppy, uh, my Tremis. So he got nothing but really nothing but a good imprint. Um, yes. Yeah. So that was also a reason to get it really, really, really slow in building up. Uh, mm -hmm. That he feels safe with me, that he can listen to me. Also, there is a goose, there is uh, a horse, there is a human or another dog. Um, and also knowing, uh, what his instinct is when a lot of people forget that they think, Oh, I like that dog. He's beautiful. I see a handler that's 
have success with that breed, I just take one, not thinking about the genetics. Yeah, uh, that's uh, very important. The epigenetics, uh, the environment, and that is our responsibility as a human. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think. I mean, that's it's it's wonderful to hear you say that because I mean, when we sit at the side of a ring, particularly dancing, it's often border collies. You do get the shepherds, and but it's they they are higher drive dogs, higher energy dogs, and it's easy to to fall into that trap of looking. Going, I could do that if I had a dog like that, but. You can't just sort of do like five minutes practice and then leave them on their own the rest of the day. Although they, yes, they need the rest. But yeah. as, as you say, exactly what you say, you need to meet that dog's needs. You know, it's not just about I want. Yeah. It's about what does the dog want, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And otherwise also now my Jesse is old. He's 13. Yeah. You really say, uh, train his need largest walk, eh? uh, this afternoon I take a long walk, uh, in the forest for one hour. Also, that is resting time for his mind. Yeah. Just go sniffing, just go reading his internet <laughs> in the forest. <laughs> uh, you really need that for getting balance. And afterwards, he's sleeping to, to the, the next day, just eating and sleeping. So in the beginning, that wasn't possible. He always searching. Okay, can we work? Can we work? Can we work? Like that. Now we work. Now we work. So what the little monster is this? <laughs> and if you're then going directly to the sports, then you get the frustration also in sports. Yeah. And that's yeah. the danger with a breed like that. I really want, if we go to the sports, that he's in a really good state of mind. He's not in the mind fun. Now we have to do something. No, we will do something, but take it easy. Yeah. Life is beautiful. <laughs> that is brilliant. I, I love hearing that because, um, I mean, you can, you can support the dog. You can't change their nature, can you? But I have seen, um, border collies that I'm thinking of, but I have seen dogs that have sort of come out of the ring and just lay there sort of like really tensed up and sort of breathing hard and just, when do we go again? When do we go again? When do we go? You know, and it's, that it doesn't look a happy place. So that, yeah. I mean, that's brilliant that you can achieve such success, but they're, they're happy in their heads. And I, I mean, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, my mailman is there. Uh, Okie doke. Excuse me. Yes, sure, sure. <laughs> Good boy. And he got a present for me. Good boy. Sold down. I'm out of your pledge. I know. Good boy. And he's doing what a shepherd needs to do. There is there somebody at the door, mommy. Good yes. Boy. Yes. Right. Oh, bless him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Bless. I'm in again. I'm sorry. Okay. No. no, no. <laughs> Distraction I'm, for me. I, I'm amazed. There wasn't a great big fury of barking though. It's just like yeah. that was very controlled. Yeah. 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 I really. That's the same thing. Like we discussed now. That is in his nature. I'm not gonna dominate that. And I'm really talking yeah. about domination about me, not a dog to me. Yeah. Um, if we will stop that, we stop emotion. Yeah. And he's made for protecting. He's made to, to be alert. He's, he's a shepherd. He's a really shepherd. Um, not everything can be allowed, of course. And the biting, we have to respect, uh, that limit. But, um, his guardian, he can do that. But as, if I say, I saw a baby, it's okay. We're safe. And it's all about safety for yeah. their breeds. Yeah. If they got some way they feel unsafe, 
they will directly go in the fence and then you yes. are dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And that I think, uh, I said to a lot of people, I didn't choose Tremis. He came into my life. I adopted him, hmm. uh, at four months. Uh, so it was not my first choice. I never would take a breed like that because I got a lot of experience in, in my childhood with, um, yeah, breeds that are, um, that are good at his talents, but they got a talent if it's this dog. Um, I don't know how you say it in uh, English. Uh, for like their instinct, the hunting dog. Exactly. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Then they will do opposites, like uh, um, maybe not all of them, but like a shepherd. So it's you really have to. Uh, I I do now my full job is uh, to work uh, as a trainer, as a coach. Yeah. So also my dogs help me sometimes. Uh, so yeah. it's important that I got also breeds that can handle with it. I can ask that for trainees. Sometimes yeah. it is a puppy or something, but he is made for other things. He got other talents. Yes. It's really yeah. difficult to explain that, but I really respect who he is and what his talents is. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the key to happiness with the dog that yeah. whatever their talent, their instinct, their history, you know, that, that we, the humans have bred them to be, you know, it's, yeah. It's so important that you acknowledge that and that you think, okay, how can I give them outlets in this? And like you say, okay, he's going to be alert. He's going to be wanting to say, hang on, hang on, there's somebody over here. But to, to teach him the appropriate way to do that is so important. Yeah. Um, if I worked uh, in the beginning with the horses yeah. and uh, if there came a client to me and he, he asks some behavior or something from his horse, that the horse cannot do physically, uh, because then I explain you got the horse for a farm that is really strong and powerful, and then you got the race horse or you get the dressage horse or the jumping horse, but you can ask a farm horse to be a jumping horse. That's, that isn't possible. Yeah. So you really have to accept who is in front of you and what is also the genetics of the dog and how is he's emotionally can cope with with things and not cope with things yeah yeah i saw your routine your um once upon a time routine yeah. with jesse and i was just like oh, i have to talk to elka i have to talk to elka <laughs> it was just wonderful and we will put a link onto it if people haven't seen it it's incredible you have well i mean you you tell us a little bit about it because i mean it's it's amazing. Okay. Well, it's, it's a long story how it begins. Um, I always tell my, my freestyle or my dog dance. It's like a little bit, um, too, uh, theatral. I don't know how do you say it. Um, it's helped me to, uh, translate also emotion and about things, traumas or blockages in my childhood. Mm-hmm. And also, if I was little, I hated myself. If I looked in the mirror, I hated that person that was on the other side. Yeah. Um, that was typical puberty. Eh? Yes. But also, yeah. I got difficult in my childhood. So I get little traumas over there. And always, I worked it out. Um, um, yeah, I, ex- uh, I explained that with, with my dogs. And there's a lot of people that also can reflect on that. Yeah. It's my way to tell, to tell on a, a very creative uh, level, uh, my story without directly saying it. 
It helps yes. me to grow out of it and to let it go of the past also. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's, it's also something that helped me to grow, um, not just as a person, but otherwise also technically. Um, so the mirror also technically began, um, with me, uh, working at the sea. It rained a lot uh, in my hometown and that was near the sea. So there I got a lot of beautiful spaces and a good reinforcer of the water. So I did a lot of distance work and going there and going there and then go to the water. And that was just a game that we play in the summer at the beach. Uh, So that was really also the mirroring. Mm-hmm. And then I played a little bit with the emotion. If I go to down, if I go to happy, what's, what do you do? A little bit do as I do. Yeah. Mixed in a playful training part. So that's how technically the mirror grows. Yeah. And then, yeah, the artistic way to telling the story to the human in four minutes. Then I think about it, about the little frame, the mirroring. And then the music part, that was the difficult part mm-hmm. to really tell something, um, that's, yeah, that emotion that you're hidden inside. It's really difficult to give that an expression. So mm-hmm. the music that I chose was not totally not my music. I didn't know that was a movie, that that was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just listening to music and I think if I hear something, okay, that's so, that's the way I feel now. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way the mirror is growth to a big, big thing that yeah. I did not expect, uh, expect it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you said it, it took a long time to actually come to fruition, didn't it? To actually get to that performance. Yeah. Exactly. And there are so many points, big points that you really have to take time to think about also with the music. Then I take. The front to the back, the back to the middle. No, that is not good. Yeah, you have to really, really let it grow and change and adapt and thinking about it. So uh, I think 90% of the training was for me. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I'm not sure where to start first with it because it's an, such an amazing routine. But the distance that Jesse works at from you because you back away from the mirror you're on opposite sides of the mirror which is a yeah. brilliant device it's, it's just so brilliant and i've never seen anybody work with a a mirror a device like that that stands there um but you back away and the door and jesse backs away and the distance he works at away from you is incredible and the focus he has on you yeah. it, it's amazing so You've talked a little bit about it, but how do you how do you teach your dogs heel work to music or, or or dancing? How do you start with them? Because it's it's just amazing. Yeah. Okay. So the question is really about uh, the basic behavior and teaching. Yeah. 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 The really um, okay. If I'm ready to train, if my dog is uh, emotionally ready to train, the first thing I, I need is motivation. Yes. Uh, so I really worked with the three, three big levels of motivation. And that's my social part. That is me. That is a reinforcer. Um, uh, we got food and we got toy play. 
And yeah. then in the three, uh, three things, I got also discriminate in different markers. So I would go really, really deep in my technical part. And then I got, if I got my motivation right, uh, then I go to one exercise, uh, maybe, uh, going around me. Yeah, that's yeah. a basic thing to teach. Um, and then I learn the beginning, very yes. short, to help the dog to um, follow my hands. And then directly I go to the same, but without uh, food in my hand. Yeah. Uh, if he knows that, then I go directly to duration. I have, um, I always work on one cue and keep on going to, I say, yes, eh? uh, my reinforcer, or to, I say, an, uh, another cue for another behavior. Yeah, yeah. So I really teach that way to my dog so that helps them to not feel the pressure. Yes. If we say yeah. turn, turn, come on, come on, turn, up, 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 then they feel I have to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't have a choice or maybe I don't get my reward or whatever emotion they feel. So that helps also to train stress-free, they're also yeah. a little bit stress, but pressure-free and help really get a good attitude of the dog. So they have the feeling mommy helps a little bit to get the flow going on. And then I say the marker and then the dog has really the feeling that he found him. Mm. He's not got the feeling that he was pushed to do it. Yes. Yeah. So that's psycholo- it's psychically. It's helped to get the motivation eccentric and not eccentric. Yeah. Yeah. That's for me the very important beginning. Yeah. That's really interesting as well because <laughs> I, I've done a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of dancing and, 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 and various training with my Labrador. And all the trainers <laughs> without fail basically said to me, shut up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> A lot of people say that to me, but yes, but without fail, every single one said, shut up, just give the command. Don't be, you know, chatting to them all the time. So that's really interesting. And also to an extent that takes the pressure off you, because if you know, okay, I give you the command, you will do that until I, you know, give you the release word or whatever it is. Um, You haven't got to be sort of, I'm dancing, but also I'm going, you know, turn, turn, turn or whatever it is. That's such a, a, your approach is, is brilliant. Obviously, because you are brilliant, but you're, I'm so, (laughs) learning so much is brilliant. Absolutely excellent. And I love the fact it's positive, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's the most important thing. So before I start to train, is it dog dance or any sports? I always start with communication, green communication. Am I'm clear to the dog? If I say thank you, does the dog accept my thank you? Otherwise, also, if I'm asking for a cuddle, say, does the dog say, okay, I'm coming. I see your invitation. I will take it. Or do I take the cuddle from the dog? So yeah. I'm really, for me, I'm building a lot on my relationship and my intuitive communication so i'm if i'm going in training and something going wrong is it motivation is it something out uh, the distraction is outside or maybe inside do he has pain do uh, is there hunger or thirsty there are also, also basic needs do he has to go to the toilet uh, so i really are always open to communication 
Yeah. I'm not yeah. shutting down if I'm in training and not to have to say, now oh, you, you listen to me. Now we are in training. No, we stay in that communication side. Yeah. That, that's such a brilliant point. So important because, you know, I, I fall into this. We, we go to our training class. We're doing our training. I'm concentrating on you. Okay. But now we're home and I want to watch television actually, or I want to read my book or whatever it is. But the dog is still learning. Aren't they? They're yeah. still watching us, still learning all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that's the dangerous part. Uh, if we're not, uh, if we do not have a strong relationship in our daily life, that is five, uh, I think 99%. I'm not yes. training a lot. I don't have to explain my dogs several times. If I'm explaining a new behavior with luring three times, then I go to the next step. Then I go to the next step. So dogs are fast learners, but yeah. we humans, we are really, really slow learners. <laughs> yes. we, we think we are brilliant, but also in communication, for example, we have the, the most, um, the most words, the most complex communication for any breed on this planet. But on the other wise, on the other hand, we are so stupid to use it yes. because there are so many people that really can't communicate on a deeper level. Not human, human only, but also with animals. Yeah. We stop, stop with learning on that, on that phase. And that's the dangerous part for me to get in the conditioning. And then we only get a training relationship and also frustration when we do not have respect for each other. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's got to be with the dog, as you say, a two way street that, you know, yes, I'm telling you this, but I'm also listening yeah, to exactly. what you're saying and, and, and watching, I guess it's watching, isn't it as well? What you're saying so that the dog does feel, well, actually, you know, I do have the ability to say no or to say, I don't like this or, and that you, if you imagine going through life, not being able to say, I'm not comfortable with X, Y, Z, yeah. you know, that's horrible, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why um, I'm really uh, teaching everybody and also my students this part. Um, sometimes it's also frustration, uh, a lot of frustration for the human because yeah. they see the beautiful videos on the internet that are really good or <laughs> the, all the best parts of it. They don't see the whole thing. Um, and that's a dangerous part. A lot of people think, oh, my dog can do anything. And I saw that person can do that. And this one is on, on competition and that one. Uh, and you really have to stay with yourself and watch that individual grow. Yes. Um, also with children, um, we need time. Some are fast learners in uh, walking. Some are really slow and, and need another six months. And that is okay. Yes. As long as we are good and feeling fine together, that is okay. We don't have to be the number one at school. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay to stay just a, another year in the same level. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also, okay. yeah, absolutely. I always think with children, you know, for example, my, my daughter um, walked early. Jenny walked early. She didn't talk till later. Well, that was okay because she was mobile exactly. and she could take you to wherever exactly. she wanted you to go. So, you know, they will get there eventually, but if they're a bit ahead in one thing, they might be a bit behind in another thing, but you know, they'll get there. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that is the most important thing also in the classes, in my dog dance classes. Mm. Um, uh, if there is something that's not going uh, directly like we want it or expect it, we need to let go. And mm. that is a very difficult thing for us human. Yeah, yeah. To say, well, okay, I will put it in my closet and I will, um, I do that also. If I'm having a new behavior and I really want it, but I can't teach it because I'm working on other similar behavior. I really have to put my enthusiasm down, put it in a box in my closet, uh, in my head. Yeah. And then I put it in my agenda. And I say, uh, for example, in December, I will teach, uh, Trimis Salto. So going all me and going around uh, to the ground. But now he's teaching to jump like this. So yeah. I can teach two similar behaviors on the same time. Yeah. So I have to get structure in my life. And that yeah. helps me to not get frustrated. Yeah, absolutely. To really understand this process of learning and taking just my time. And the most important thing, enjoying my time while my dog is still here. Once yeah. we are not here forever. So yeah. just the road together, the time together is for me the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that you say that you've achieved such success, but the, your priority is your dog, your relationship well-being. with your dog. Yeah. Exactly. Well being. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, I think if we lose sight of that, what are we doing? You can have all the medals and rosettes in the world, but if you've lost that connection with the dog. And with yourself. Yes. Yeah. It's but. not about, uh, I really learned that, uh, the last years self care is so important. If I'm not uh, good for myself, it can be good for my dogs. It can be good for my students. It can be good for my husband. So I really learned how to get uh, in the flow and staying there in the flow. Yeah. Do not get stressed or doing, and that's the responsibility of a good uh, structure also in your life. Training yeah. structure is one thing, but also the basic needs also for me. I need the time to breathe also. I can be con- uh, the slave of my dog or the slave of my work. Yeah, or the slave of the husband. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think that's otherwise. Yes, yeah, other way around. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, a really busy woman, so yes. I have to watch out for that. <laughs> How important is the choice of music and costume? I think to tell the story, it is minimum. Oh, yeah, it tells the story. If mm. the music and the costume does not is uh, bringing the total picture to the human, and it's all um, it's all happening in the head of the other person. Yes. So you have four minutes eh, in the highest class. So you have four minutes, not a lot. No. So you really have to go in in the head of the person in the first thirty seconds. They have to know what you uh, you are telling. What is the atmosphere, uh, the energy of the total? And uh, also, does, uh, does, can you tell the story? Can you take the person's attention to you and, uh, and the dog, of course, eh, and your bubble? I see also my training's bubble, my dance bubble uh, with my dog. Um, so, yes, that is the most important thing of uh, 
of a dog dance routine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you, it, it's you've got it cracked. You've got it sorted. <laughs> you you do that. So I mean, that's that's it's such a varied thing, isn't it? Because you've got the technicality of. Well, no, let's start. You've got the relationship with the dog, first of all. You've got the technicality of the actual moves and all that training. But then to dress it up with the music and, and the, you know, it's, it's, it's a complicated, it's a wide range of skills, isn't it? Exactly. That's why dog dance for me is the, the most difficult discipline that there is for the yeah. moment. Yeah. There are yeah. so many things that you have to think about it. And the last point is really, uh, psychology. Mm-hmm. You really have to understand how people think. Yes. How get, get one line. And in the beginning, there also, uh, there once upon a time, there was a little girl. So also the line that they're in it, that has to be really clear for, for the person that is watching. Not too much. Not, um, and it's tried and error. Uh, yes. If you see my first mirror routine and my last mirror routine, they are so different. Wow. In the beginning, I got also moves that I think, oh, I want that on that part and that. And I really teach it with Jesse and Jesse say, nah, no, no, for me, that is easier. That is difficult. I can do that physically. Yeah. So I really adapt also um, on what my dog is telling that is okay for him. Once we have the, that routine, maybe thousand times uh, in training and in competition and demonstration. So he really has to get comfortable also in my, my difficult cues or behavior that I teach him. So that yeah. is a point also you have to think about your partner also. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. also a, a big point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's uh it's beautiful and it's absolutely right and i mean i've seen i've I've sat at crufts and and watched the dancing and i have seen people who sort of obviously it's a long time to get there you've built the points you've got there and then the one lady just caught the dog's paw with her foot and just stopped checked the dog over he was and the dog was absolutely fine but she said no no we're stopping we're going out and i love that i mean i I realize it's a huge disappointment for her but the, her dog is her priority then, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, so saying that, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you and Jesse and trainers, um, what do you think you all get out of doggy dancing? What, what are the, the benefits for you? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, joy. Yeah, uh, that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. The yeah. the joy of of teaching. I love to for myself. Uh, I love to teach new new skills, new things every day. Is it yeah. now um, human uh, size and it's psychology or something new that is explaining to me? I really love that, and yeah. I also trigger that in my dogs. Uh, that's also the motivation part. You really have to see how uh, can I motivate this dog, this specific dog, what uh, he don't like. I have to yes. accept also. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 I think it's, I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Because I think it's easy to, to go away and, and think up a routine. 
and think, right, this is what I'm going to do with the dog. And and as you say, then the dog, the dog has opinions. And, the you know, so, for example, I've, I've tried to teach Missy, uh, uh, um, Gemma Spitzklein, things like Buddy had a good trick where he'd lie down and you'd go bang and he would lie down like flat on yeah. his side. And I thought, oh, I will teach her this. And she kind of went, I don't like this because I'm young and I'm full of energy. So she <laughs> loved spin and twist, but she didn't. And she's done other things. But like, and I had to think, hang on, you're going from a quite an old dog to a young dog. You have to adapt here. And But again, you know, and obviously I'm no, I, you know, I'm a tiny, tiny, tiny speck of a beginner compared to you. I am. I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to you at all, but <laughs> I think the, 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 no, I'm not, I'm not, but the, you know, I think that's, you have to listen to the dog, don't you? And I love the fact that you do. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Those <laughs> nice words. <laughs> oh, well, you've got your priorities sorted out so, so well, because you do meet people who their priority is the winning. I mean, there's, the, there's that saying, isn't there? You've got to love to get, to get anywhere. You've got to love. I'm going to get emotional now, but you've got to love the dream more than the dog. And, and I, sorry, I'm thinking about my Labrador now, but I huh? just give me a minute to pull myself together. I've got to be able to speak. That's <laughs> but not I, a problem. Emotions <laughs> are good. Yeah. Let go. Yeah. I know yeah. that. I'm, I'm <laughs> really British. That. I'm, I'm British. I can't let them go. <laughs> okay. Um, is that a thing? <laughs> oh yes. We Brits, we keep it all inside, but I don't, I, I do let it out. But there's a saying, you've got to love the, the dream more than the dog. And I, I just had a little dip my toe in the water and I did discover, no, actually, I love the dog more than the dream. And, you know, I loved when we went on our walk, I loved being able to say, I used to check there was nobody watching. But as we walked down the field, I'd be going, come on, spin, twist, weave, whatever. And we'd just dance our way down the field. We never won any medals. We never won a rosette. But we, you know, we loved it. That was quality time for us. And I, yeah. I, and I loved it. And I, I do think if that's not at the heart of what you're doing, what are you doing? You exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, if you're doing any tricks, uh, yeah. trick dance, dog dance, also obedience is for me a, a trick dance. If you're doing it, um, on a creative way. Yeah. Um, yeah. my, all my helps <laughs> are mixing together in every sports. Um, but the most important thing is, is, yeah, spending the time together, having fun, going to a deeper level of connection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you are a good communication and you're living together, you got a good relationship, of course. Yeah. Uh, you're going in a good ritual, but if you're going in training connection, you're going to the bubble. For yes. me, I see it like that. You're going in a special bubble and nobody from outside getting in. It's just yeah. you and me. We are very close, very intimate. Yeah. Uh, also, like I said in the beginning, eh, the social rewards. Um, for me, that is 90% of my training. I reward my dog with my smile, with yeah. my praising, with my uh, cuddling, what he likes, of course. I cannot do the same with Jesse or with Tramy. Tramy's love to go to mommy and oh. doing rough things and blah. <laughs> but with Jesse, I really have to get good boy. And maybe if he wants, I can pet him, but yeah. on his conditions. He oh. don't like to be in the personal zone. Yeah. Uh, but if you go in that social moment, just you and me, yeah. that is a whole other level 
from yeah from a relationship oh yeah that's not just friendship you go into a really soul relationship you go into another level yeah yeah absolutely you should be yeah yeah so tell me because it sounds amazing as well tell me about dogs devotion academy okay um okay that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> never but nobody asked me before oh okay um, yeah <laughs> I thought about it yesterday also about a name. Uh, it's be- like I said, also beginning of our conversation, it's all started with uh, the devotion to nature, the devotion to animals. Hmm. Um, and now I'm going specific uh, devotion to my dogs and afterwards devotion to all the dogs that I can reach. Yeah. Um, so my childhood dream was really um, to help a lot of animals because I always work with abused animals. Mm. It were cats or, um, horses a lot. Uh, also, we never get a puppy. It were all adopted, uh, animals we got. Yeah. We, we lived very, very far away from the, the, the city. And if the people going to a vacation, they drop their dog out and they, oh. so I saw that a lot. Yeah. A lot. If I was little. So, of course, my hero instinct, go save that animal. (laughs) And uh, my mommy hated it. Yeah. If I'm going home and my t-shirt or my shirt was like that, (laughs) what do you got? We don't take that at home. (laughs) Five minutes later. Yeah, he's really beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So we got a lot of cats, a lot of dogs and. That was really my mission in the future. I didn't know if I, I will go veterinary or I, which direction. Yeah. And yeah. afterwards, if I was, I think, 12, 13 years old, I started to work as a student in a, a large range. And there I got a good mentor. Uh, and I think also that's uh, the mentors in your life help yes. also to, to develop you. Yeah. Um, and there, um, I really go in that teaching part, teaching the humans to help that animal. Um, yeah. the most difficult thing I struggled with was, um, um, if I'm getting a project, it was really a project for, um, that guy. And yeah. They got a horse with a problem. You have to solve it and then we can buy it again. Uh, Ali, we can, uh, solve it again. Mm. So I'm connecting him, I'm not forcing him. He's really getting open to me again. And then the saddle get on it, communication getting done. But after a month, that is not long with uh, working with emotions, uh, then he going back to real life. And that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. If they are really not listening and come on and kicking and screaming, then he's going to the same hell. I think it's heaven and hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's why I developed, how can I tell my devotion? Uh, how can I spread that virus? How, how can I let uh, people see that you can live conflict free, that you can live cruel free, but also for yourself? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was also a very healthy experience. Um, my way mm-hmm. of thinking and my way of develop dog's devotion. Uh, to grow also as a person. And now I really learned, um, I really study about psychology. 
Hmm. So I really understand all by myself. It was self-study I did. Uh, But to really can help now the human, I see I don't have to help directly the animal. I can't. There are too many. There are millions of animals. I can't help them by myself. But I really can get the flow going on to the human. So now I see the dog or an animal as a medium to help the human and the human help an animal. So yeah. that's a little bit my mission now with Dogs Devotion Academy. The dog is now uh, the mirror or the, yeah, the medium uh, yeah. to, to help uh, the human again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. <laughs> so you're touching so many lives and helping so many people. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. I never thought that it was, that's also like you said a little bit, ego is a dangerous dangerous thing in life also yeah. that um has uh infected me through the mm. years yeah um also I, I i really had to grow in this experience so i was not always right i had the ego too um but every time i'm happy the dogs or a good mentor say them hey alka snap out of it hello <laughs> i'm only human too and yeah. i think um to spread that also, it's keep um, every day. Every day, it's a challenge to find the balance, the harmony in his life. And yes, I got a bad day, and yes, uh, not everything going like uh, I hope, but yeah. that's okay. Also, that is a training for us human to to not get that out on a, on a <laughs> an animal of a human. Yeah, to get also a, a good communication with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Something else you said actually is being kind to yourself, because I sometimes think, you know, we, 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 we know we have to be positive with our animals. We try and be positive with our, our people in our lives. But my inner voice is, is I, I talk to myself often in a way I would never dream of talking to someone else. And I know I have to work on that. And it is important that you, you try and be kind to yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beginning. You can, if you're trying to fake, you can yeah. fake with animals. Yeah. Um, I always say the example to uh, my students, if you go on a horse and you are scared, the horse is maybe in normal day life, a good uh, handling, uh, easy horse. But with you, your energy on that yeah. horse, it will change directly. Mm-hmm. With dogs, it's also happening, but we don't see it because there are not 500 kilos uh, that yes. going. It's just maybe 50, 50 kilos. Uh, I think it's pounds with you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, so, I can work uh, in kilos a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's oh, a whole other <laughs> weight shifting. Yeah, um, yeah. But also every animal, also the humans, the, um, I'm, also, did part if the human distress. I read now every detail, mm-hmm. uh, and that's uh, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've got one eye on the on the clock again. But if <laughs> if people listening to this would like to try dancing with their dog, because as I say, I've I've stood at the side of of arenas and gone, oh, I'd, I'd like to have a go at that, and and. And I think the idea to, to go into it is let's try this, you know, let's see what we, how we enjoy it, just, you know, for enjoyment with their dog. 
um, and and maybe they'll they'll become <laughs> the next <laughs> world champion. But you know, yeah, who knows? You never know. But what's what would your advice be? How how should someone get started? Um, mm-hmm. specifically with dog dance, how you get started? Oh, you search on YouTube. Yeah. Find there are so many tutorials on YouTube. Also, that's how I did it in the beginning. Um, but now also in modern times, you can choose also to get a course. Mm-hmm. Um, like I always, I did the course also with, uh, for obedience with someone from Sweden. Uh, also, uh, redeveloping a course now with our special vision and our way of training. I think, um, I'm working, um, hard on it now. I think mm-hmm. it will be ready in one month. Uh, mm-hmm. so the basic of heel work, the basic of, uh, uh, communication, my vision about it. So I really get the re, um, a big, big platform to do it. Yeah. So yeah, there are a lot of possibilities, uh, if you are far away to go online. Uh, also Tina Humphrey, watch it, check it out. Uh, Kiko Pup, she got good tutorials also. Um, about how she, she teaching about, um, yeah, with different dogs. And she got little dog, big dogs. Oh. <laughs> so there are also many different ways of training one behavior. So maybe you can inspire by that too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's really good that you're not watching the advanced routine then, but you're really searching the tutorials and all the detailed steps that yeah. you need to get a bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I love that, that it doesn't matter whether you've got a Great Dane or a Yorkshire Terrier. You can still dance with your dog, can't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You have to be just a master at motivation. Yeah. Yeah. You really have to master that. As If you are a good trainer and you get a healthy dog, of course, you can do it. Yeah. 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 So 99% is for training for the trainer. Not for the dog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because I can remember when I first started trying and it I, I just was going wrong for me and I couldn't work out how to do it and getting so, you know, frustrated. And yeah. and you just have to stop because that's nothing good is going to come from that session. So as you say, stop, do something else. And I think that's a little bit my mission also now with that platform. Um, to get uh, a lot of person uh, for a small amount. But yeah, if you got private lesson, uh, that's really, really costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, to to really get that point out how you can do it without frustration. Yes. Because if you do trial and error, you get frustration. And I think it's not fair or with our knowledge and our communication as human that yeah. we not spread that word uh, and that everybody can benefit about it. Also, my failures. I did a lot of failures mm. also on, on the back of my, my animal because I was teaching myself. And it's if we can prevent it and if we are a good mentor and can spread the words, then a lot of people get less frustrated and a lot of uh, animals are really get uh, in his value, put in his value, put in, in a, a good life for them on this yeah, earth. Yeah, and that's got to be the aim, hasn't it? So, okay. is there anything else? We've talked about a huge variety of things, but is there anything else that you'd like to say? 
I think I said it all. I think okay. your questions were very good, very uh-huh. deep. Yeah. Thank you. I, I get a lot out of topic, but I really had said how I think, what my vision is. Mm-hmm. Um, the started communication, the start with a good relationship. Um, and if that is right and that feels good, then you go to a good training relationship and enjoy life together. And life yeah. is too short. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You have to get the fun out of every day. I think. Yeah. Exactly. And dogs are the best teachers about that. Yes. Yeah. Be more dog. Be more in the moment. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So I know people will want to find out more about you. So where can people find out more about you online? Um, now I got my website. It's www.dogsdevotionacademy.com. Mm-hmm. Be I I don't have a dot com for this instance, but I will make next month also a little page just in English, so yeah. uh, everybody I hope everybody can understand it with a link to uh, the package that you can uh, sell and watch all the videos about me and Tremis and also a little bit about Jesse. So mm-hmm. his parallel training I did with the mirror routine also that we going away parallel from each other. And going uh, backwards, yeah. uh, I got a tutorial about that ready. Uh, so if there are advanced or intermediate people that got platform training done, that got her motivation done, then they can teach that to the dog also. And also the motivation part, every step also, um, I really have uh, gone explain in that platform. Yeah. So um, I will uh, put it on my page also on Dogs Devotion Academy on Facebook and Instagram I have. And there I will um, put the buttons on on the moment they are ready. But I'm perfectionist. <laughs> I really need time to get everything. Uh, yeah, well, it's not difficult. Uh, it's difficult for me. I'm not an IT-er. <laughs> yes. It's yeah, no, a I whole know. new world to work with the computer. But now it's... Almost finished. So uh, excellent. Yeah. Follow us, I would say. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we'll put the uh, video on of um, Once Upon a Time because nice. we'll put the link to that. Because I mean, I really recommend people go and look at that because that is amazing. Even if you have no ambition to dance with your own dog, oh, absolutely, that, it's it's brilliant to see the two of you. It's just excellent. And maybe so it's good. inspiring for just taking uh, or looking your dog a whole other way. Yes. Um, yeah. not every dog is brilliant. You just have to unlock it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the perfect place to stop. Just think how you can unlock your, your own dog's brilliance. Exactly. Exactly. I love the fact that Elka and Jesse had such huge success, but still their relationship is Elka's priority. And the main thing they get out of it is joy. You can't say better than that, can you? Huge thanks to Elka for taking the time to talk to me. She certainly brought joy to my life too. You can find all the links she mentioned at dogcastradio.com and I really do recommend that you check out her Once Upon a Time routine. It's amazing. We've come to the end of another episode of Dogcast Radio, but I'm working on interviews for the next few months as well as another AITA episode. If you spot anything you think would interest our audience, let me know. Until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com.
radio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident dogcast radio. That's all one word, dogcast radio. By email, you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. What breed of dog's favourite Halloween snack is brains? A zombie eagle.